Kia ora. This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. You're listening to Voice of Aroha from Wellington Axis Radio on 106.1 FM. And today we have a very special episode and a special guest in the studio today. Before I introduce um, our guest, I also want to thank uh, Hamid, who is behind the scenes doing all the magic out there. And today is this guest is a very special and inspiring young person who been to our journey of challenge and success together. So let's all find out who is it. Daniel, how are you doing today? Kia ora, Kordian. Kia ora and all our listeners. Uh, lovely to be here today. Thank you. It's, I've always been a fan of Voice of Aroha. <laughs> and when I got the invite, I was so excited. So um, kia ora to everyone. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you, Daniel. It is our pleasure to have you in this platform. We really had you from long time to reach out this interview but this is the time so now we are here together and let us tell the audience Daniel can you tell us like to introduce yourself to the audience who you are and what you do yes um, hi everyone so my name is Daniel Gamboa I'm originally from Colombia in South America and uh, I've been here for around 10 years now time really flies <laughs> I came to New Zealand under the refugee quarter with my mother and um, since arriving, I'm, I have been really passionate about supporting others. When I first arrived, I arrived without any English, without knowing mm. anything about the culture. Um, and I realized, look, if I learn the ways I can help other, peop- other people. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm mm. really passionate about supporting people. Um, I currently work for government. Um, in an engagement role, which means supporting government to reach mm. out to communities so we can hear those voices. Um, um, but look, I'm really passionate about helping my own Colombian community and mm. helping any of our former refugees and migrants mm. who are out there. So, yeah, that's me. That's a little bit about me. <laughs> that's beautiful. And since you're arriving, so this is, uh, like you say, 10 years, have you done any kind of study or... Something here in New, in New Zealand. Yes, yes. So when I first arrived, mm. um, it was really challenging because I arrived at the age of 18. Mm. So I was in too young um, to pick up the language fast. Um, and I wasn't too old to go to university. It was a, it, it was a weird gap um, mm. in between. So I did ended up going to school, actually, because I wanted to try that out. Even though I was 18, I went to 9A college. Um, but I found out that I was too mature 
to be in that environment because of my own experience mm -hmm. as a refugee. I didn't really fit in in that school. So then I was only there for three months and then I decided to go to um, English classes, like mm -hmm. full-time English classes. But I was always passionate to go out um, to university and, and develop my skills. And um, back then I was really passionate about theatre and acting mm -hmm. and I really want to um, develop those skills. So I learned English, went to um, university, and I start and I started um, studying um, theatre. Mm. Um, but I actually found that theatre at the university wasn't the best choice because I wanted to do something more uh, physical, and at university it was really um, theoretical. I didn't mm. want to write essays about <laughs> theatre. I wanted to do yeah. theatre. So then I decided, look. I really, I really love politics and advocating and 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 communities. So if I'm gonna write an essay, why don't I write that for a different um, study for a different career? So then I moved to study political science and development studies mm. uh, at Victoria University here in Wellington, um, and I still do theatre and acting, but outside um, university. So yeah, and I'm currently, I'm currently. Doing mm. a, a very interesting course, actually, Codrian, um, mm. a course uh, from Oxford University, mm. wow. and it's offered to people who have uh, suffered displacement, like us, mm -hmm. and it's a free course. It's a three-month course on um, forced displacement. Yeah. So it offers you an introduction into forced displacement. And I thought, look, I know about forced <laughs> displacements. I was forced myself. I was forced to leave my country myself. But I signed up to the course and it's been really fascinating um, to learn. And once you complete the course, you are then given an opportunity to apply for a scholarship if you mm -hmm. want to go to Oxford and do a master's mm -hmm. in um, enforced displacement. So I might look into that in the future. I'm not sure now mm -hmm. yet, but that's it's beautiful. been very interesting so far. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. And that's really amazing to see that you're doing all of this in a time that is. I can see now you studied politics and theater that was passion and then politics and doing this paper is this all because of your passion helping others yeah i think uh, look uh, i'm always grateful with new zealand and new zealanders that were so opening to my mm. family and to us and so welcoming um and when i was learning the language and learning um, about New Zealand and integrating, there was always people around helping me. So I always decided, look, I want to help others. And um, when I learned the language and when I was one of those young people who knew mm -hmm. the language, I started getting people knocking at my door, you know, from my community, asking, hey, can you translate this form? Can you go with me to work on income? Can you go with me to the hospital? So there was mm -hmm. a huge need for support. Um but then I also realized that uh, this could have, um, we could achieve um, some of those changes with a more of, of a policy focus. You mm -hmm. know, if we could, if we could change the root causes of these changes, you know, like, for example, working income, having um, actual interpreters so the family wouldn't have to worry um, bringing an external interpreter. Mm -hmm. So that's why seeing all these issues and helping the community um, really made me um, go to uni and study uh, and study political science, you know, and see how can I um, change things from the 
top mm. from the decision making table. Yeah, that that's really cool thinking. And I know Daniel uh, that you are also co-founder of an organization. Would you tell us about that and how that idea come? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So you're talking about the New Zealand National mm. Refugee Youth Council. And this idea was um, always around when I first arrived. Uh, and, and then when I, as I said before, I went out to the community and mm. I started helping the community. Then I realized that it was not only my community who needed help, but mm. it was a number of other refugee communities. Um, especially young people were um, given a lot of pressure to support the parents um, because they're the ones who learn the language quicker than their mm. parents. So parents have to rely on children to translate and to basically become the head of, those, of their households. Mm-hmm. And so talking to young people, there was so much frustration and people, young people felt like they had to drop out of school to support their parents. So I happened to um, go to Christchurch uh, to attend the Human Rights Conference many mm-hmm. years ago. And then I met other young people who were really passionate and actually um, were doing similar work to what I was doing here in Wellington, but in Christchurch. And they said, look, uh, we know that young people face so many of these issues. We've asked NGOs to do something about it. Um, and they don't see it as a priority. Why don't mm-hmm. we actually create something that it's by refugee youth for refugee youth? Mm. Um, so with that, we went away, started recruiting young people that were passionate about this same issues all across the country. And in 2015, um, we were invited um for a conference with the UNHCR here in Auckland, actually. And um, we launched the Youth mm. Council. And since then, the Youth Council has been uh, actively running and it's led by young people who are passionate about other young people. So the, what the, mm. the work that they, that they do is to advocate, support and, and empower young people to have a successful life mm-hmm. in Aotearoa. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we have also had uh, some other people to interview before. I think was the president of Wellington branch. Noella. Yeah, Noella. Uh, Noella, I believe. <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. To me, it was um, uh, an opportunity to move on as well. Like, mm. even though I was one of the co-founders, I'm, I'm certainly one of the people who believes that you, you shouldn't be holding power for too long. You, you need to empower others to take over. Yes. And, and to me, it was, uh, I did a certain time in the youth council and it was once I finished university and I found a job and I was working at a different place. To me, it was the, the time to give, it, give mm. the opportunity to other upcoming young leaders. Yes, and I just love that. <laughs> mm. And also I encourage all the organizations there, you know, the other ones who are who are providers. Yes. Which we have some organizations who 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 say that we represent community and stuff, but I hope they have that kind of concepts of democracy. Yeah, and you know you see mm. a lot of um people saying, Oh, we represent young people or we represent refugees and you see them talking at global conference and you see them doing that again and again and again and again and you then think 
you're advocating for voices of refugees, mm-hmm. but you're actually going to that conference, the same conference every year, talking on behalf of the refugees. Why yeah. don't you invite the oh, other yes. young people to yes. have an opportunity? So to me, it's all about that developing young people and for them to take to take over and, and have the opportunities. You know, it's all it's yeah. all of us or nothing, you know? Definitely, it is like that. And, and that's... That's the leadership, I think, because when you give a space to others to to be leaders as well, especially those people who claim representation, I a little bit have a kind of um, what they call it, the word of allergy from representation, mm-hmm. <laughs> just because there's a heaps of organization who say that, which is um, when you go deep, then you find that's not reality. You can say amplifying you can say supporting, but all maybe representing by their own voice or their own community, right? Because at the end of the day, we, there's a heaps of people, communities, difference and backgrounds. Mm. But the real change that we want to see is that how much these people have been developed and growing on and change have happened in a society during, um, let's say, 10 years. And also at the stage that we are talking now, there's a heaps of things that need to be change, in my opinion, mm. which this may give opportunity for young people to come up to be the leaders, because I believe there is a heaps of uh, inspiring individuals there that they can create a lot of contribution to New Zealand. Mm. But what they need is only the space. Exactly, definitely, mm. definitely. I think we just need to create, as you say, create that space for mm. young people to be able to shine, you know, and give them the tools because they're already. They're already leaders. They, we just need mm-hmm. to give them that space so they can shine yeah. and bring that leadership um, to the table. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm really passionate about that that work. So that's my next question to you, Daniel. You are an inspired individual because what you have been through in these 10 years, you have proven that in this young age that you can lead and you can have a good uh, contributions on the government agencies and the nonprofit organization and all the journey. So tell me if that journey of you being successful until where you are at this, how was that? There was a challenge there or it was easy for you? How was your experience? Yeah, definitely. I think it was it was an up and down journey. And I think I'm also reflecting at the work of the Youth Council and, and reflecting back then, it was really challenging to... Um, get decision makers to listen to young mm. people um, five, six years ago. And when I look back, it was really hard to get decision makers to listen to young mm. people. Um, it was something they weren't used to. Um, having young people in, in, in decision-making tables and having young people voicing their needs um, so definitely there was a big struggle um, to get invited even to conferences or get invited to meetings where we could voice our needs, even though they were talking about us, Gordrian. I remember mm. very clearly once there was an uh, a immigration New Zealand Harahui on um, uh, young people, um, uh, young people, refugee young people, and we were not invited, you know, <laughs> and the people invited None of them were young people. Mm. Um, there were people who work with young people, but they were no young yeah. people. So, but look, that didn't stop us. We went to the door and knocked at the door and said, we're not, we're not leaving until you let us in. Um, so 
yeah, I clearly remember the day and the frustration. Um, mm-hmm. But look, I think um, it's changing. It's changing now. I think all the voices of all the young people who stand up have helped a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, programs are like this, you know, like Voice mm-hmm. of Aroha, um, different young leaders like yourself who are, who are standing up for the rights of others. Um are breaking down those barriers mm. and we're saying look we're here you need to listen to us and you be even go beyond listening to us you need to take mm. action on what we say so yeah i think it's it's been a, a, a certainly a difficult journey but uh one that i have certainly mm. enjoy i've grown i've learned so much um and look i'm, I'm really happy um, where I am now and, and the young people I have supported and the young people I now see taking leadership. Mm. And one thing, Daniel, we are so proud of you for the journey and the things you bring with your home country and you being as you yourself and being a positive change to our society here. So my question is to you, like what kind of plans you have in the next three to five years? Well, I think this is certainly <laughs> a big question. Um to think I, I something that it's in my heart at the moment, I would love to see if I could go back to Colombia to where I was born. I left mm. there when I was 12 um, and went to Ecuador as a refugee for six years. So I've been outside Colombia mm. longer than what I've been inside. I've only been in Colombia for 12 years. So I really would love to go back there and, and bring those skills that I have learned here and perhaps help with the peace process mm-hmm. um, that is currently happening and, and really empower the voices of, of young people there. So it's something that is really in my heart and, and I see that happening maybe in the next couple of years. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, obviously, still refined, but um, I was, and my mom wouldn't be happy <laughs> if she's listening. Um, surprise, mom! But um, yeah, uh, and in the short term, um, something that I wanted to share with you mm. is that I'm in the last um, stages of becoming a justice of the peace. Oh wow! Um, which is really exciting. <laughs> so I um, probably just need to um, do a couple more things, and it's not official. If um, the Justice of the Peace Federation is hearing me. Um, but I'm really excited because I feel that there's a lot of barriers uh, for young people, for mm. former refugees, for people from uh, rainbow communities to access like a JP. I've heard many cases where they have been even not so discriminated, mm. but not really treated fair, fairly. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited about providing oh. that service to our communities. Congratulations in the, next, in the next couple of, uh, <laughs> of months, yeah. Here we go. So, audience, you can see now where to go. <laughs> yeah. And what I want to do, if they allow me to, is to yeah. get out there. The J, uh, yep. J, JP, um, uh, sorry. What I would really want to do, if they allow me to, is get the JP um, Justice of the Peace service out there to the community, like to our mm. cultural events, have a desk there, go to the community, mm. instead of expecting the community to come to us. Yeah, on this exciting news, can you, because you know a lot of our audience who come new to this country, can you tell us what is this service? A lot of them, they don't understand what is that. 
yeah. uh, service if you can like assembly yeah definitely for right. sure um look um it's it's a very different to our countries mm. i i didn't know about this before but it is a free service to get uh, and you, it's a number of things you can get through the service, but the main common thing, as an example, is certified copies. Uh-huh. So, for example, you have to send an application to Immigration New Zealand, and you won't send your original passport, but you have to send a certified copy of it. And um, so then you go to this um, Justice of the Peace, mm-hmm. and you prove that who you are, you show them your original passport, and then they signed the copy uh, of your passport, and that makes it legal, and that it's a true certified copy, and it's a free service. So a lot of of us will need the service uh, now or in the future. Yeah, that's really, really beautiful, and you're doing amazing things there, because look at the things you do, and now getting this as well that's really exciting so mm. that's amazing to on announcing it here and we're telling our audience we have it now and officially but it will be official yeah i'll definitely <laughs> will be, be making a big announcement when it's, it's awesome. a, when it's official it's just the last steps yes. um to get there and um, because before it becomes official you need to go to like the court yes, and, right. and, and, and do that process. Yes, I wish you all the best on that process. I hope you get it soon. And um, probably we may have another interview to talking a little, little bit yeah, more. Yeah, perhaps about more that. on the process yes. and, and all the services as well. Yeah. That'd be cool. That's awesome. That's great. And for moving forward more, Daniel, about want to ask you questions around, uh, around the communities you are serving how that make a difference if you want to change into going to serve other communities. So what I mean by my question is like you did a lot of things for refugee communities and ethnic background communities. So how that will make a difference if you want to take another step to go farther for, for contributing other communities is there will be like a challenge to do that or people will just look at your skills and experience only related to this type of community? Mm. Well, I think personally, I think those skills and and all the experience I've had working with uh, diverse communities with refugee background youth and, 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 and all the refugee communities are really valuable and are very transferable to any other communities, especially our Maori and Pacific communities. Mm. Because we are very similar in many ways. Our cultures are very similar and connected. So mm. I think definitely um, you you can bring, and, and it's a big value if you bring the skills to work with uh, other communities. Um, but mm. people might not see it um, that way, you know, or employers. So look, if you're an employer out there, <laughs> um, know that, that, that having this experience because many of us have experience working with diverse communities mm. and migrant and refugee communities for for many years. Mm. Um, so I definitely think there's great value. Um, I'm currently working at the um, Royal Commission inquiry into abuse in care, um, which is one of the biggest commissions, mm. uh, royal commissions in the country. And it looks into um, state care and faith-based abuse, um, historical abuse. So in there, my role is um, I'm senior engagement advisor, and I work with um, all different communities um, 
to support them to come to the commission and have their voice heard because this is a historical moment and mm. we need to capture all those voices. So yeah, I'm really grateful that my skills got me there to work with more diverse um, communities. Yeah, and very agree on that. And plus, the reason I ask this because there is heaps of employers that think when we are working with diverse communities that our skills is particular with this. Mm. While the message it should be that if you're working with those diverse communities, actually is a bonus and plus into extra things. Like, you know, you have a youth worker who could work with specific one target community, but then that kind of person who work with a diverse communities, diverse cultures, diverse backgrounds, this person can bring a little bit kind of plus additions to, to any other rules in New Zealand that much so i really encourage the employers if they are listening that to take a person who they are and 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 value these kind of extra things they bring with themselves yeah and i think it's it's really important as you say you know uh, don't put people in a box you mm. know and and all in the ethnic box so they only yeah. work with ethnic people because we're uh, so much more and we can bring so many more skills mm-hmm. um, especially into government because all of our views are really needed there yeah. to um, support all the communities who call Aotearoa home definitely 100% and here we go and you are an example for us Daniel we mm-hmm. are so great to have you here so I want to ask you about kind of last two questions before the time finish the question is first what's your advice for the youth Look, my advice for the youth and, and, and overall young people is um, follow your passion, you know, and I, it sounds cliche a little bit, but I think um, if you're passionate about something, don't give up. And the, the, the doors might close down, the window might close on you, but climb up, get out of, 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 of there and, and, and follow your passion. I think there are many opportunities out there. And some young people might not realize that. So I really encourage young people to look at those opportunities, apply for opportunities. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we see um, someone on on a leadership program overseas and, and, and you think, oh, I wish I was there, you know. Um, but look, there are plenty of opportunities. Apply for them. Get a scholarship. Um, get, um, look, if I, if I tell you, you know, when I was at university, I used to like weekly check any global opportunities. And this is how I was chosen to um, go to um, Switzerland mm. on uh, Global Change Makers um, Youth Summit. Totally paid. And it was a, a summit that changed my life. The mm. connections I made, the friends I made, and the things I learned. And it was just because I took initiative to look online and look online for all opportunities. So look, get out there, take advantage of all those opportunities and follow your passion. Awesome. That's great advice. And the last one is um, we will give the mic to you. Like what's your like, uh, words for our audience, your audiences from all the Wellington community and also the other regions who are listening to Voice of Aroha because we broadcast our show on the six other regions in around uh, Aotearoa. So the question is, what's your message to Aotearoa and how you will imagine it in what what kind of, of, of country that you want to see to live in? Okay, so and also the last word for you. So the mic for you, Daniel. 
look, my message to Aotearoa is to be courageous, um, you know, in all aspects of it. I think courageous to accept new cultures, courageous to explore new ideas. I think we have an amazing potential in Aotearoa. And the diverse, this diversity makes us unique. All of us coming from different cultures and countries with so much knowledge. But I think we just need to take it to the next step and be courageous about it. And go beyond accepting um, someone from a different culture, but actually supporting, supporting that person um, to give back to Aotearoa. And I want to see an Aotearoa that look in the Olympics, that our, all our communities are reflected in the Olympics team, not only mm -hmm. certain. When I turn on the TV, I want to see um, Shoreline Street, you know, that's an opera that reflects us as ethnic communities, that we don't have to fight to be on decision-making tables, that mm -hmm. we don't have to fight um, to be, um, to have a say, um, so look, I really feel like there is a huge opportunity out there for Aotearoa. I, I see that we're going to be one of the best countries in the world, but I think we need to tap into all the richness that diversity brings mm. and all the richness that each one of us have. Um, once New Zealand taps on that richness and uncovers that secret i think it's just going up and and, and succeeding as a country and um, so yeah i can't wait to um see performing arts seeing tv mm. um that it's super reflective of us i want to see myself there i want to hear my accent on the radio mm. everywhere i just i i, I, I want to feel like i fully belong to this country Beautiful ending. Thank you so much, Daniel. And we were so glad and pleasure to have you in our platform. Thank you so much for coming. Awesome. Kodrian, look, thank you so much um, to the listeners um, for turning on and on a radio show. And thank you for um, you, Kodrian. You've been a great uh, <laughs> host. Thank you for your awesome questions. And thank you to the whole team and Voice of Aroha for making this happen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Danielle. And thank you for audience to listening to another amazing episode that we have here, an inspiring person like Danielle here doing a positive contributions to our country, Aotearoa. And would love to also thank our sound engineering and musicians. He's behind the scenes, Hamid Majdi, doing all the magic and the team at Voice of Aroha. Yeah, follow our social media on Instagram, LinkedIn, and whatever we have. Also Facebook, yes, and also Twitter we are having there. Follow our social media so you can be updated about what is coming next and the next event or the next guest we have in the studio. Thank you for listening and kakite.
That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding accessmedia.nz.